Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Shedcast, brought to you by Putting It Together. My name is Elaine McNichol, and I have been with you for the past few weeks. And do not fear, I will be with you for a couple more, bringing you all the chat from the Shedinburgh Fringe. I cannot believe we are nearly at the end of the second week. Where on earth does the time go? See, by the time you've got over all the kind of nerves of the beginning of something and the the teething the teething problems, time just seems to run away from you. And now that here at Shedinburgh we're into a good routine, it really is just time is just time is marching on. Time waits for no man, as they say. Um, you know the drill by now. We have a different act every single day and they are streamed live from our shed and you cannot um not streamed they are well they are streamed live but you cannot then go on and stream them at any other time it's a a once a one-off you either see it or you don't so definitely get on to shedinburgh.com and get your your tickets i am feeling very privileged that the fringe to be here and that I just get to be here and this fringe just comes to me. I don't need to battle through the crowds or stand in long toilet queues or anything. It's great. Absolutely no complaints from me. And tonight we have just had Rachel Fairburn's Comedians Telling Shed Stories. So live from our shed tonight, we had Rachel Fairburn and Will Duggan hosting a shed-inspired story evening. Shed inspired stories because you know Shedinburgh sorry I just really wanted to drive that home I know you all got that but it's just it's good sometimes to just take things too far isn't it it's one of my favorite things to do um we had Pixies, Shed Zeppelin, Three Act Plays, Love Affairs and a rather beautiful story all Shed inspired I loved it I thought the concept was great like here's a word let's see what your imagination does with this because as we've seen tonight depending on the person the what a word the word is going to evoke different things in different people so another wonderful evening here at the Shedinburgh Fringe definitely get on to shedinburgh.com and get your tickets for future events you cannot see anything that has been in the past but Going forward, you can absolutely be with us here at Shedinburgh, so get onto shedinburgh.com and get your tickets. Now it is time for my guests of the day. It is Rachel Fairburn and Will Duggan, and we are putting it together. You know what I I was nervous for it because I, I get nervous about most gigs anyway but because this is so different I was like oh god how's it gonna work what's it gonna be like but you know what I wish every gig was like that actually because it was really nice mm-hmm. it was yeah. good wasn't it a lot of fun Rachel and I do a lot of work together and she the night before everything we do she would text me and go oh my god it's not gonna work and yeah. then we get here and it does but this, <laughs> this was so easy it was yeah everyone was so nice yeah but I have the same thought with every gig like even if it's in a comedy club which is what we do. I'm like, well, this is going to go terribly wrong. This is not going to work. But it was just brilliant. Like, it was such a nice, such a nice idea, isn't it? Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. And where did the format for what we've seen today come from? Well, about, 
How long has this been going on? February 2019, we did oh, the first wow. one. Wow, yeah. Uh, so I had an idea. Like, I find find that if i am got a bit of writer's block and I'm struggling to, to write jokes and things like that, I find writing something else helps me. So I started writing silly little short stories to, to entertain myself mainly. And then I thought, oh, it'd be nice if we... Because I know there's other storytelling nights and stuff like that, but I thought it'd be really good if we just got comedians to step out of their comfort zone because it this is the most nervous i see other acts because i you know they get asked to do this and then you'll get messages going what do i do is it so write stories does it have to be funny i'm like no it can be anything you want you just so we just started picking a theme so we've done erotic stories we've done uh halloween halloween stories, stories um and obviously we did shed stories today but we, we're stretching it a bit further we're trying to make it a bit a bit harder really i think so we're doing like talk shows is the next theme. Um, and we like, so it just came from basically, let's try and write something different. Um, but then I thought, well, I've written so many of these stories. Why don't we just, let's do it as a night. Because I wanted to do something different that wasn't just stand up as well. Mm-hmm. It's quite nice writing to a brief as well, isn't it? Yeah. So when you're writing stand up, it's just, you sit down with an empty piece of paper and go, what's funny? And it's so much, when it's write a story, either... And even like the shed one today, we had people buying sheds, people living in sheds. Yep. Um, a recounting of like when Ivo was n- new of a shed. It's so broad, but yep. all with that central theme. It's really nice. Yeah. And it's always comedians you work with. Yeah. So it's always comedians, but I don't know. I think I'd like to sort of stretch it out a bit. I mean, who else could we get? Hollywood actors. Hollywood actors. <laughs> who would be your Who would be your top Hollywood actor that you'd want to get in the shed? Who would we get in? Let's have a thing. Charlie Chaplin. I mean, if you can book him, that'd be Charlie insane. Charlie Chaplin. Um, that he's is so, dead, right? He's, oh, big time. Oh, very, he's so dead. This yeah. is so weird, though. You just I had a dream about Charlie Chaplin last night, and you mentioned <laughs> no. him, now. I'm like, that is so weird. What did you dream about Charlie Chaplin? I, I can't remember what the dream was, but I just remember Charlie Chaplin was there, and I was talking to him. That is so weird. Walking so towards weird. you is little Hitler tash. Yeah, that's so bizarre. That is bizarre. Um, who would I like? I'd like, um, ooh, I'm terrible with uh, famous actors. Uh, I, I'd, I'd quite like, um, I don't know, Tilda Swinton, I think, would probably do a good story. Mm-hmm. She'd probably be good at fairy stories, wouldn't she? Oh, yeah, she's yeah. got a very good elf vibe yeah. going on, famously Lord of the Rings. Yeah, she'd be great, yeah. Um, Alison Brie. Who's that? Uh, so she plays Annie in Community. Um, she's the main character in Glow. The lady, oh, okay. uh, I think she's dead good and also super fancier. Oh, here we go. This is what we'll he wants. I tell you, I would like. Um, I uh, sort of a dream guest if ever we could get. I'd love Louis Theroux to do a story. I think he'd be a good. I wonder if he'd be good, like, because he's never the star of it, is he? Like, mm. all attention on Louis. And where did you two meet? Where did your paths cross? So I am from Manchester. Yes, I live in London now, and will. Uh, is from Northampton, but he was gigging on the Manchester circuit because he was living in Manchester as well. And then we just, I don't know, I can't even remember how we became Top friends. legends find top legends. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> move towards one another. And we moved to London around the same time. Will moved just before me, and then I moved a few a couple of months after you. Uh, and it was a really... To the same area as well. To the same mm-hmm. area. It was a really depressing time, actually, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. We, we, uh, I mean, in our private lives were in absolute oh, nonsense God, it was time. awful. Like, it was like, oh, God, this is the worst mistake we've ever made. Uh, what should we do today? Get drunk and cry. Sounds yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty much it. But, uh, I mean, everything's great now, isn't it? And it, it's... Peachy. Yeah. So we've, uh, 
So that's how we know each other. But I can't even remember the first time we met or... I, I can remember the first time we hung out properly. So we'd been aware of each other. I started gigging in like 2010 and you were just a little bit before 2008, that. 2008, I think, yeah. yeah. And then you sort of, obviously, you know people because you see them at gigs and I think we'd gigged together a few times mm. and we had uh, friends in common. Yeah. And whilst we didn't dislike each other, we didn't be like, I'd never think, oh, I'll call Rachel yeah. or anything. Mm-hmm. But then in 2016, at the Edinburgh Fringe, oh, yes, this was it. my girlfriend at the time was doing other bits and pieces and your boyfriend at the time was doing other bits and pieces. And we found ourselves three or four times in like two or three days with an hour to kill in the same place. Yeah. So we started hanging out. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. Um, those relationships ended yep. separate of each other. <laughs> Fabulous. And we sort of found each other. And we, I used to come to your house in North Manchester. Yeah, yeah. And you lived about 200 metres from McDonald's. So I'd bring two Happy Meals round and we'd binge only way is Essex. Yes, And cry at each other. Happy times. Happy and I, times. And I was in the process of uh, getting all my stuff ready to move to London and the house was quite bare, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so I got real loads of stuff. You had away. nothing in that house yeah. apart from tea bags, milk, and a huge glass case full of taxidermy animals. That's exactly it. The lads in the glass case. The lads in the glass yeah. case. Taxidermy animals, please. Yeah, tell so us I, about I, um, <laughs> I love taxidermy and I uh, I say I collect it. All my taxidermy at the moment is in storage in Manchester because obviously, you know, I live with um, a chap who is a school teacher and I can't, I can't really bring. Dead animals to the yeah, house. I can't, yeah, you know, it's his house too. <laughs> so it's dotted around outside the bathroom yeah. and the kitchen. So, yeah, so uh, but I've got um I bought you a deer skull for Christmas. Yeah, I've got that. I've got mm-hmm. loads. I've got like um I've got a big buffalo skull, I've got uh, a magpie, a snake, um the lads in the glass case, which were foxes, I had to sell that unfortunately because they, they were like all posed like they were in a glen. Yeah, oh, I'm talking it, like maybe one it's, and a half meter cube. Do you know what? It's the biggest regret of my life that that I had that I sold that because I was so skint at the time and I just moved to London. And I I think about that at least twice a week and go, oh, why did I do that? Where did you keep it? How big was this case? Oh, it was huge. One point five meter yeah. cubed. Yeah, it was huge. So and it was like a vivarium that you'd keep a reptile and that kind of yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Filled, three yeah. dead foxes. Well, it was a big. It was Amazing. a. It was a. I mean, it was. I think it was Victorian or something, wasn't it? It was yeah. like a a, a mum fox and. Little Aww. baby, horrific, really, when you think about what it is. And it had little, little birds as well in it. It was amazing. And then, oh, yeah, I, I regret that deeply. I've always that. said if I ever, like, make loads of money, I'm going to find it and buy it back You're for me. You're going to get it back Aww. for me. One day, it'll be mine again. One day, I'll buy you three dead foxes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Amazing. <laughs> I've got uh, no taxidermy in my house, so I'm a normal man. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no taxidermy either, so I'm glad we, we cleared that up. Right, now I feel massively weird. Thank Though you. I have got a li- I have got a little hamster. And I've saw alive, like, alive. Um, yeah, just, I have a hamster who I feed and look after. It's not like, oh, very I, alive. I wanted to get a hamster a few years ago. Get it? It's great. But I saw you know you get like targeted ads on like Instagram and that, and it was for get your pet taxidermy. Oh my god! And I thought I want uh, I might get her taxidermy into like a uh, sword fight or something. No. See, I, I couldn't do that with an animal that I'd known and loved. I'm get you taxidermied. <laughs> yeah, well, the is the um. In that building in London, they had the man, the the, the John So Museum. That's it, yeah. yeah the guy just embalmed in the in the reception. I've just seen your I've clocked your um your fake ears there. Where does <laughs> I've seen you kind of I don't know kind of mashing them up between where? So tell us tell us about the ears and the fairy wings and all that jazz. So when we sort of as the nights evolved, um, 
we sort of uh, we like to dress up because I think it just makes it a bit more different. And and also I, I like to dress up uh, mm-hmm. with, with with purpose. Um, so when, whenever we have a theme night, uh, sometimes the acts dress up, sometimes they don't, which is totally fine. I mean, they feel a bit awkward as it is having to not be doing normal stand up and writing a story. The last thing they need is to worry about a costume as well. So we dress up uh, towards whatever the theme is. I mean, we've had um, we did soaps, soap opera stories. So we did that in the Bill Murray pub, and I dressed as a traditional northern landlady. And I dressed uh, like Gary from EastEnders. Yeah. By which I mean wore a polo shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for this one, we, we dressed as pixies, imps, whatever you want to call them, because uh, it's obviously the shed garden theme. We wanted to be little fairies and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it just... Yeah, we've got these little, like, uh, elf ears. The sti- yeah, the ears. But, but I found that if you hold them, and you, they sort of tessellate into a flesh-coloured canoe. Oh. Obviously not not great for an audio medium, but if not you can really. if you can imagine that, incredible. Um, my mind kind of went somewhere else as well, but I think yeah, I know. Yes, I'll, I'll be honest. Oh, yeah, yeah, it looks like a fanny. Yeah. <laughs> <a fanny. laughs> well, as soon as he started saying that, I was like, "Where is he taking this, and why is he doing this?" Uh, yeah, uh, do you know? I hadn't realised that, but yeah, I suppose I hadn't realised. Oh my god, I was thinking canoe, but you're right, vulva. A vulva, oh. absolutely. So, can you tell us about one of your one of your biggest failures? Can you think of a... How long have you got? How just, you know, just like a kind of for a little taste. I think it's nice sometimes. I listen to a podcast that talks about failures and it can be as big or or as little. And it's just nice sometimes to hear people talking about things that they think went wrong. Not in your career. It could be something really simple. Like, I didn't pass my driving test for however many years. Or, you know, something simple or something whatever. Uh, Well, driving test wise, it took me four times to pass. And since I've passed, I've not driven. And that was 10 years ago. So absolute waste of everyone's time. Um, <laughs> Failure-wise, I'll tell you what my... Uh, the, uh, it was a failure and a success at the same time, I think. So the first time I went to the Edinburgh Fringe in 2014, I had no clue what I was doing. Like, I didn't really understand the Fringe. I did the free Fringe, and it was at a venue called Jekyll and Hyde uh, that was a horror theme bar, which was quite good for me. My show was at 5 past 12 in the afternoon. Um, it was... Everything I did was wrong, even from the way I put myself in the brochure. I didn't realise you had to put your name first and then the show title. So I just put my show title. It was just, just everything was wrong. And, you know, it was... After doing it the way I do it now, the Edinburgh Fringe, I just really... When I look back, I'm like, I'm like oh, God, I made so many mistakes. But at the same time, I'm glad I did because mm-hmm. I, I learned a lot from it. So I'd say that it was a bit of a disaster, I think, that... Um, Do you think everybody has that kind of experience with the Fringe? No, because I think some people... <laughs> I think everyone should have it. Yeah, I think yeah. everyone should have it. I agree with you, yeah. We've, we've got a friend, I won't name him because he's a lovely bloke, uh, did have a bad gig for the first two years of his career. In the first two years of my career, I probably had more bad gigs than good gigs. Yeah. And he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm bulletproof, I'm never going to... And then when he had a bad gig, affected him so badly the for so long from that it's good is... to fail isn't it yeah yeah that's kind of why i like i'd like the question because i think it's it's you yeah, yeah. hear the word failure and we think it's 
something we lash ourselves with but actually when we look especially as any career but especially as creatives there's more failures than there are successes yeah, and yeah. you need to rack up the, fail- the failures to get some people might be very lucky but even behind that the people that we deem as lucky you know overnight successes they're never overnight are they it's no, yeah. t- no. T- 12 years of work Who's and somebody the, um... goes overnight well, well do you know what i find mad especially in comedy the thing that i find really strange is that time uh sort of the the, t- the long the time you've done doing stand-up is never valued within the industry so like everyone's obsessed with new so you'll get new acts who've been going a year and it's like here's the next big thing and they'll take the person and it's like they've only been going a year and then sometimes you know certain comedy websites can be quite snooty about well they've been going a decade or whatever it's like well yeah sometimes it takes longer Mm -hmm. um especially i think if you're say for example like being from manchester and and starting out comedy there you get good at comedy faster because the audiences expect a bit more Mm -hmm. but because you're so far removed from the london centric industry it takes you know it takes longer for you to be noticed or valued as an act and i think that's why a lot of you know like i'd been going 10 years before i started to get any momentum and i think that's not really valued well i've been going just over 10 years i'm only now starting to get anything that could be seen as momentum but the thing is like i wasn't good for the first five years yeah yeah that's so beginning of 2010 when i first started gigging i wouldn't count myself as a good act until 2015 so Mm -hmm. but but at least now like i'm not obviously bulletproof but it's also when you say like you need more failures in in creative industries i think that you as creatives we really a friend of mine did a thing called one year ago and looks what they were doing a year in the past and actually, unless you're lazy, mm. you're always doing better January a year than you were January the year before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you forget that because you put yourself to such a high standard. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Sometimes it's like with me, I measure success in like, oh, I don't have to do that gig anymore. Mm. That awful gig. Do you know what I mean? Like certain things that you, you'd put in your diary and you'd be like, oh, God, I don't want to go there and do that gig, but I need to earn money and I need to gig. Once you realise like, oh, my God, I don't have to do that gig at the moment. And then to keep yourself going, it's like to work hard, you're like, I never want to do that gig again. So I'll keep working hard so I don't end up back there. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our friend Kiri, Kiri Pritchard McLean, she said, when we, we started at the same time being Kiri, she said when she got to a certain level, she would no longer get the coach from Manchester yes. to to London. Like, and that's it, I'm not going to coach anymore. Yep. And then it's like, do you know what? I'm going to go on the M6 toll road. Like just even those little wins yeah. are quite nice. Yeah, because there was times where... Also, I think it's not appreciated sometimes that the graft that particularly acts in the northwest do put in, uh, acts outside London. So there'd be times where I'd be, I was working in my day job at the library, I'd take a half day, I'd get a mega bus to London, I'd do a gig for no money, and then I'd get a mega bus back that'd get me back in at six in the morning, and then I'd go to work like that. And I'm so glad I don't have to do that anymore. I can I can beat that. I, I took a half day. I was working as a teaching assistant. Took a half day. Got the coach down to London. Went through the gong show up the creek. Oh. Lasted less than a minute. <laughs> back on the DLR. Back to Victoria. And then back. And then yeah, got to Shude Hill in Manchester at like seven o'clock. Oh no! no Wash no. my face in the toilet. I went to teach kids for nine hours. Oh, it's yeah, horrible, horrible. There's so much of that. There's so much. Um, because I think as well we're kind of fed like the success stories but actually there's a lot of grit that goes yeah, into yeah. just sticking around 
and doing the things and getting them. It's yeah. It's there's all of that in it, and I think it's important to hear people talking about that. Because... That's my plan for comedy. I'm going to win by default. <laughs> yes. Everyone else is going to give up around me. <laughs> oh, and also there's that. It's that kind of sense of you know the horses falls. Horses fall at the gates. If you can just keep going and keep making yeah, the jumps yeah, yeah. and don't break your leg. Come the nuclear <laughs> yeah. holocaust. Me, the cockroaches, and the Twinkies. <laughs> Good evening, wasteland. <laughs> What made you choose comedy? Well, I I quite I've like the uncoolest um, way into comedy. I think like when I was a kid, I was really shy. I mean, still shy to a certain extent now. No one ever believes me, but I am quite a shy, naturally shy person. But when I was a kid, I was terribly shy. Like, oh, it was embarrassing. And uh, my mum, I used to write little short stories to make my mum laugh. And I was I used to watch loads of comedy on TV and stuff like that. And, when I was really young, my mum had a video of the young ones and I was obsessed with that and I used to watch that. So my mum said to me, like, oh, you should try... Why don't you try stand-up when you get older? And I'd be like, are you mad? Because, like, I can't speak in, to anyone other than my immediate family or friends, like, because I was so shy. And um, for years and years, she kept saying, oh, you should... Why don't you try stand-up? Why don't you try stand-up? And everyone was like, I just can't imagine you doing stand-up. It's not the kind of thing you would do. And then... I was off, uh, I was working at a tourist information centre in Manchester, and at the time, Labour were doing this, like, New Deal thing, funding all these projects in North Manchester, and one of them was a stand-up course, and I saw it in uh, my local paper, and I I rang up and I was like, oh, can I come and do this comedy course? And I'm like, oh, yeah, brilliant, um, we need more women doing it anyway, because it's mainly blokes. And I went and did it, and it was like a two-month course, I think, I was like, oh, I really enjoy this. And, and I thought, if I'm going to do this, I need to do Because he had a showcase at the end, you know, friends and family. I thought, I'm going to have to do my first gig. So I did my first gig before the course ended. And then I just carried on. So it was like, yeah, I, like, I really uncool that my mum was like, that, you know, it's hardly rock and roll, sweet. is it? Is <laughs> your mum um, like kind of... What kind of jokes are you doing to your mum? Your no, mum just, jokes. Well, I used to write these little stories. But Think about getting fingered. <laughs> <laughs> no. So that... I used to write these little stories to my mum about my dad, who is a bus driver. And I used to write these, like, short, funny stories about my dad being a hero bus driver. And it it went on for ages. At one point, he got married to Catherine Zeta-Jones in it. Look, it, it was... My mum enjoyed them. That's all. Amazing. <laughs> so, no. so, like, yeah, she just used to encourage me with that and stuff. Um, but, yeah. I don't even, how did you get into this? I don't even know. I'd always liked uh, stand-up. I, I didn't think it was something that people did. Like I said, you know the Bobby Charlton Football Academy in Spain, where they take like young lads and they're like eight and go, oh, you're going to be big. Going, I thought it was like that, where you were seen as a young, and then sort of just, which for some people it bloody is. Um, but I'd always liked it. I used to go to uh, Manchester Comedy Store when I was a student. I used to do one pound tickets for students on a Saturday, the late show. So I'd, I was working as a waiter. So I'd finish work, just go and watch by myself every week. And I wanted to do it, but didn't know how to do it. And then a guy I worked for the restaurant, a guy called Guy Thomas. You know Guy? Oh, yeah, I do, yeah. yeah. He, um, he was doing some open spots. He was putting on a gig. And I said, oh, I'd love to come and do it. And then I did a gig, two or three. I was terrible, but I really enjoyed it. But didn't think it was a job. And then left university, worked in finance, which I hated. <laughs> wow, did you oh. say the word finance? And I kind of go, <laughs> no, wow. horrible. <laughs> the company I worked for, in my induction, were once like, Listen, guys, it's best if you don't think of our clients as people. Think of them as numbers. And I thought, oh, oh no, I made it terrible. Oh, no. But I did it for a year, and I checked it in. Um, and I went, went to a cafe and did open spots then, and I loved it. I loved mm-hmm. it. The, the one thing as well, we've had 
normal jobs as well. Yeah. So like, like I've not been to college or university. I've worked since I was sixteen, and now that this is, I'm my quite d- educated. <laughs> now that this, I, is- I could tell. I could tell. <laughs> now that this is my job, I I feel I feel so lucky. I know it sounds dead cheesy, but I feel like I've really worked hard to make it my job, and I'm really mm-hmm. happy it's my job because I've had shit jobs, and I've I've had to get up at like six in the morning to get a bus to somewhere that I hate, you know, and like I feel like we've got that thing of like we we like doing this, we're happy we're doing this and we're happy to work hard at it because we, we know We know how lucky we are. We know how lucky we are because we could be yeah. back in the bloody kitchen or like back in back in the library that I used to work in or ugh. during the last the, the, during the lockdown I had to go back to work. Mm-hmm. It's like God I'd like I had grown a bit complacent because you know, I'd arranged to meet you at 11 o'clock in the morning mm. for a coffee. That was my day's work. And then, <laughs> oh, alarm at five, is it? We're off to do a 12-hour shift. And I was working in an Amazon warehouse for a bit. It was the worst. And what's been your favourite thing that's happened over the past year? Uh, I know the one. vaccine? <laughs> <laughs> Very good answer. Get your vaccine, uh, folks. <laughs> for balance, not the vaccine. No. <laughs> um, I The best thing that happened to me was, do you mean to me or in general? Anything and to you, yeah, to you. I was asked to write a TV show for CBBC, which is something I wanted to do for ages. And the fact that this, and I thought, because you worry, thinking a lot down that, oh god, am I doing nothing? Am I wasting my life? And I got this call like, we want you to do this. Like, oh great, people do like me, mm-hmm. and that g'd me up while I was sorting out Amazon boxes at yeah, three yeah, in the morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, I just think to be honest, be, just being able to keep working while everything while the pandemic was happening mm-hmm. just feel happy about that that you know just kept doing stuff and yeah that's Amazing. all and your teeth look nice i'm a teeth look nice thanks mate. lovely white teeth well it's been <laughs> lovely having you both here having a bit of a i'm a bit of an adopted mank myself so it's oh, been yeah what's the best ever to you in the last year the best thing that's happened to me in the last year has um i have got sober in the last year that's oh, the best that. thing that's happened to me so um, brilliant i have yes it was um it was time it was time yeah. so that's you know i'm at this stage because i've I've cut down on booze. I've cut down. I've stopped smoking, and I just feel That's I'm. A good one. It's that thing of like. I'm you so, love heroin, though, don't you? I love See, heroin. See, that was not a problem. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> it wasn't the booze. It was the it heroin. Was the heroin. <laughs> uh, but well done. That's really nice. Yeah, well done. It? Yeah. Are you enjoying it? Um. Yes. As I say, it was time. It really was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to cut it out. But uh, yeah, so that's been that's been me. But it's been really great speaking to you both. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. I love talking to artists about the stuff that hasn't gone exactly according to plan. I think it is sometimes more important to remind ourselves that behind everything that did go right, there are, more often than not, a few wee things that didn't quite go exactly as we hoped they would. And that for that to me is sometimes it's more interesting. Obviously it's great to talk about things that go right, of course it is. But I like to just like mix things up sometimes and be like, so what is something that has went completely wrong um just to you know keep people on their toes tomorrow we have dirty great love story by katie bonner and richard marsh which from the title alone i am very much looking forward to 
that didn't sound as weird in my head as it did when I said it out loud. Um, I'm not going to lie. So get yourself to Shedinburgh.com and get your tickets and don't miss any more of the festival. Please, please, please come and join us. That's it for another episode of Shedcast brought to you by Putting It Together. See you later. Bye-bye now.